This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town Welcome, 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 welcome. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 90, the Mighty 90, covering the comic books that I read that came out on New Comic Book Day, January 18th. And this podcast is live via satellite broadcasting from Pre-Crisis Earth 91. Yes, look it up. I am your red kryptonite-infused host of Comic Book Central here, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where I recommend to you an amazing list of of comic books to read every single week. Maybe you're brand new to comics, not sure what to get, or maybe you've been reading since the dawn of our planet, like me, and you just want to know what the best comics are to save some time and some cash, well, then the Sunspots Comics Podcast is definitely for you. Man, it is raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring. (laughs) Yes, the deluge of biblical proportions is happening out there in California, in our golden state, so if you live in our golden state, be safe out there. Uh, Californians are known to sometimes freak out when we get even a sprinkle and there's a lot more than that happening out there so especially have a safe drive out there and please subscribe to our podcast follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live at Sunspots Comics and check out our YouTube page at youtube.com slash thank you of course to Nick Papa George for making our Sunspots Comics theme song I love it and follow him on facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music and also thank you to my son, Justin Jables Latori for his work on our Sunspots Comics blog. That's right, he writes it. Please check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. Follow him on Instagram, at JustSunspots. Isn't that cute? He actually named his Instagram name after us here at Sunspots Comics. Yeah, props, Jables. His latest blog, which uh, I've read, it's fantastic. Uh, it's on his top five movies of 2016. Even the wife and I watch two of them that we didn't really want to see because they're musicals. The only musical I really dig is animated. But La La Land and Sing Street were phenomenal and they were on his top five list. So check out his blog. It's it's detailed and it's extremely well done. And like I said, you might find some movie nuggets there that you hadn't considered before, like me, with something that's a musical like La La Land and Sing Street. But again, check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. Yes, and quick announcement of a fun new freebie that I've actually launched and began and started today with giving out free digital comic book codes. I don't read them. I don't use them. I like the paper comics preferably. So I'm actually just going to be giving out those free comic book codes randomly on my Instagram at Sunspots Comics. All you gotta do is just be the first one to grab it. You grab the code, you go over to the Marvel uh, free digital reading app and punch in the code, and it's first come, first serve. So if you get one, just say hello, give us a little shout-out that you won, and also, of course, just follow us at Sunspots Comics. But tell a friend, I posted one today, it's already there, for Silver Surfer 200, and more will be coming very, very soon. So go get them! That's right, free comic book digital codes from me, Chris, here at Sunspots Comics on our Instagram, so check it out. So let's get into the Sunspots Comics podcast, Issue Mighty 90, with... Some stuff floating around up inside my nerd brain. That's right. 
So the first thing that's uh, I'm wearing on my face right now, that's it's it's on my face, so it's floating around my nerd brain, is that I just got my custom wooden handmade in the USA zombie destroyers glasses from Sire's Crown Eyewear. And you can check them out at sireseyewear.com. And it's a dream come true. It's the comic book that I created, that I wrote. It's Jordan Hudson's art, who is the zombie destroyer's artist. And, of course, CJ helped out there at Sire's Eyewear to create my own custom-made wooden, made by hand, here in the USA, zombie destroyer's eyewear glasses. I, I, I can't tell you the feeling I have when I'm wearing paraphernalia from something that I created. I love it. And you can see a picture of, uh, of it on at sunspots comics on instagram beautiful i love them and they're gorgeous and they're wooden and they fit right and man i got the transitional lenses i've never had transitional lenses i love that they turn into sunglasses it's all in one and man they're just gorgeous and, and so well handcrafted i love it but again sires eyewear Com. I got nothing to do with them. They're not a sponsor or anything like that. I'm just really happy with their product. I see them at all the comic book conventions all the time. Uh, so thank you, CJ. Shout out to you. Next thing on my nerd brain is Comic-Con HQ. So uh, we got Comic-Cons coming up. There's one coming up in February, the Long Beach Comic Expo. And I was thinking, where's the best place to get Comic-Con exclusive content, video content? Now, there is some stuff for Comic-Con HQ on YouTube, but I've kind of exhausted that. So I've been looking into them and potentially joining their $5 a month exclusive video service. And I know I'm first a little thrown off by that, going, man, there's so much free content out there. Why would I pay five bucks a month well I'm reading into it there is actually a VIP plan that they have available that is uh, will come out you get 13 months and it will come out to like three dollars and eighty cents a month but you get a ton of stuff there's original episodes original content of their own shows like con man and Mark Hamill's pop culture quest which is really the primary reason I'm looking into it they do give you some free episodes on comic con HQ on YouTube but there's like 24 episodes of Mark Hamill's Pop Culture Quest, and you only get like two or three on YouTube. So I think I'm ready to make the leap and pay the money. There's also that show Con Man, which is Alan Tudyk, and uh, that's I love him from Firefly, and he plays K2SO in uh, Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue One. They also have their show, another uh, an original content show called King of Comic Con. And I want to see what that's about. And they're going to be the exclusive provider of video content for all of the up-and-coming official Comic-Cons. Like the big one, San Diego Comic-Con. Let's face it, there's too much to see. There's not enough time. They're going to be that exclusive access, that exclusive content to all the panels. You can't be at, one, at all places at one time when it comes to San Diego Comic-Con. So this might be the way for me to just really get all of it. So I'm considering it. I'm looking into it. There'll be more to follow up. I'll let you know if I actually subscribe. But it's available at comic-conhq.com. And I'm thinking of joining up. You can get seven days for free also. And also it's kind of linked to Amazon. So you can just kind of get it through Amazon and not have to buy separately or register from their site. Which I kind of like. Just makes the ease of purchasing. But I'm going to check this out, just not only for Mark Hamill's pop, pop Culture Quest, which I've watched a couple of those, and they're fantastic, just all about people that are heavy into collecting and what's really going on deep within their psyche as to why they're collecting things in a wide range, wide range of collectibles, not just comic book stuff per se. But I'm really liking that, and I want to see Con Man, and so there's other... And they also have, like, just a listing of a ton of movies that they post, like... I'm surprised, like with Hellboy and with uh, other things like Dresden Files, and I just, I'm looking at it right now, and it's got quite uh, little monsters, just a random sort of smattering of a lot of sort of, uh, you know, nerd films and science fiction films and, and comic book related stuff. The Monster Squad's there. So they have some stuff that I'm sure is kind of everywhere else, like Netflix and Hulu, etc., but it's kind of just nice to have it all right there, and you can pop it up and watch it. And for the most part, it looks like Comic-Con HQ stuff is available sort of everywhere to play on multiple devices from like Apple TV, etc. But I'm looking into it. It's heavy in my nerd brain. And again, that's comic-conhq.com. I'm looking into it, and I'll let you know if I sign up. Because the VIP thing, too, gives you like free stuff and discounts to like Loot Crate and discounts on like a Sideshow collectible one-time purchase. So And more, it says. Also some digital comics. So um, kind of interesting. I think I'm just going to jump in, but I'm still looking into it. I found it the last couple days, and I'm going to dive in a little bit more. I'll let you know if I join. 
And the, also another thing on my nerd lobes is Voltron season two available on Netflix now. And I absolutely loved season one of Voltron, the animated series that's available on Netflix. It was fun. It was exciting. There were great voice actors. It was just fast paced and quick moving. It wasn't uh, 75 episodes in season one. It was like 13 and they're they're about 20 minutes each and it was just fun and fast paced and it's Voltron and you got all the lions that come together and swords and they're just actually even writing it really well it's exciting and it has this great adventure epic feel and I love the dynamic between the entire team they did a good job with that because that's really what Voltron is about in its core essence so season two is available now go back and watch season one all of it it's a breeze it'll go fast You'll enjoy it if you love any sort of animated series of anything. You will enjoy this. So I'm excited to watch season two. It's available now. I haven't watched any of it, but I will very soon. And I'll be giving you my review of Voltron season two. That is on Netflix. Now, go get it. And the last thing that's on my nerd brain is that I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. Yes. I'm actually doing the writing, the coloring and lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson, Zombie Destroyer artist, is doing his beautiful art. Please check out his Instagram, at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is gorgeous. Thank you so much, Jordan, for all of your hard work on Zombie Destroyers. I've also got the website, zombiedestroyers.com, where we posted some samples of the pages, one through four, and just go check that out from time to time. It's looking good, and I hope to have issue one of Zombie Destroyers available for purchase at the, say, Q1, Q2, in that neighborhood of this year. And just a quick Zombie Destroyers update. I always like to give uh, an update here. I've got the newest version of Adobe Photoshop because Manga Studios just wasn't cutting it for me to do the coloring. And so now I have to unlearn what I have learned. <laughs> and I'm actually shopping right now for the right drawing tablet to use on Zombie Destroyers to really take it to that next level. I have sort of the color look and the color feel and sort of the palette of colors that I want to go with to really take it to that next level and Adobe Photoshop is really going to do it for me where unfortunately Manga Studios just wasn't cutting it and wasn't I was unable to get some of the textures that I really wanted to give it that realistic feel so I'm working right now on the end of issue number one sort of in, in my final writing of pages 20 to 26 and that uh, will wrap up issue number one so that we can get it to print and get it out there in the world so I'm so humbled that I'm actually working on a comic book and doing what I've, I've dreamed of doing for years and years and years so I, I hope to make the best quality product that is fun and exciting I mean it's a team of people with sort of powers fighting zombies that is Zombie Destroyers. So check out ZombieDestroyers.com from time to time. I'd appreciate it. And next up, just want to give a little shout out to a segment called Spotlighting. It's where we actually highlight people that are struggling comic book creators out there. And I just wanted to let the folks know I have four interviews lined up. And I've just had some scheduling stuff and some things going on. And I haven't forgot about you. But the four folks will be on here very soon. And I'll get you some interesting interviews and some nice conversations between me and these struggling comic book creators. So if you know your, and you know someone or you yourself as an independent comic book creator, we want to shine some Sunspots Comics love on you. And do what we can to kind of get your work out there. It's tough. I know. I'm a, I'm a struggling comic book creator myself. So we want to do our part. So if you're a writer, a colorist, an artist, a letter, it doesn't matter. Just send me your review work or send me a copy of your stuff to chris at sunspotscomics.com. Or, of course, just message me on all Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at sunspotscomics. So please do that and we will do our part to help get your spread the word that your created creator owned work of comics is there and maybe someone that's listening to the podcast will connect with you and buy your stuff so we want to do our part to help so now on to the nitty-gritty my favorite part of the sunspots comics podcast which is my comic book reviews and recommendations where i pick my favorite comic books for new comic book day wednesday january 18th and of course spoiler ish alert but really don't worry i try very very hard every single week to just harness my powers of persuasion and not spoil everything for you i just want to inspire you to go out to the local comic book shop near you and buy these comic books so i'd leave the last couple of pages alone you don't have to worry about that and i don't give you every single plot point of the comic i just give you the kind of some of the meat and potatoes some of the tasty nuggets there to get you inspired to get up off your hiney and go buy these comic books at your local comic book store. So, spoiler-ish alert. And to see everything, to see the list, the catalog of everything that I've been reading since May of 2015, all of my favorite picks since May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Just click on pull list, 
to see all of the just updated 133 titles that I'm currently reading. Also click on top comic books of the week to see all of my past top picks. I mean, if you're really looking for a list of, man, what do I really buy? I've put the time in. I've done the homework. It's all there for you. Updated, compacted, simplified at sunspotscomics.com. I'm super proud of it, so please check it out. And this week's art winner and artist winner, every single week I like to pick the best of the best, which I consider in my mind to be the best artist and the best cover artist. And this week's art winner is Mitch Gerads for Batman issue 15. And man, it is glorious. <laughs> I mean, it's so iconic. He doesn't really use digital reference and you can feel that. There is even a time where he switches up his art style and goes to a very classic comic book strip style of like the 30s and 40s. You can see it and feel it and it changes gears on you. And it's interesting as to what he does there by showing very modern to very old style. He has a very realistic look when he lives in the modern sort of look of his comic. And he spent time on every little, the small little details of like grime on the top of this building to how beautiful sort of the sky looks with stars. I mean, he has really put the time in. And all of the eye work, you can follow the eye lines properly. It really leads you to where you need to be. His lines are super, super clean, just gorgeous. And Mitch has done the coloring and the lettering and the inking and everything. And you can really tell he's put his heart and soul and love into this. And it just pours out into your eyeballs and brain. And there's just an opening sequence where Batman, Bruce Wayne, and Selina Kyle are on top of a of a roof. After just having some a little lovely moment. And it's just gorgeous to look at. I mean, even his the jawlines, even everything he's done from his gradient shading is just so professional, so gorgeous, and so appealing. Even how his little attention to detail when he draws that strip style, an ode of the 30s, 40s, he even colors outside the lines there. And this guy's a perfectionist, so he's doing it on purpose to give you an authentic golden age Batman strip style feel to it. So it is top notch. This guy is is one of the best. I'm going to be watching his work and finding his work uh, very soon. So Mitch Gerads. And I'll give a shout out to him, of course, on the podcast information. So you'll see it there. I'll tag him. And the artist cover winner this week is also the same comic book for Batman issue 15. It's Stephanie Hans. Or Hans. I'm sorry, Stephanie. But this cover is gorgeous. It's iconic. It has like Gotham in the background and this faded sort of almost rainbow-like feel. Like it's like a rainbow bridge in the background. <laughs> but it's it has this great texture and grittiness to give it a realistic feel. And Catwoman and Batman are sort of falling through the air. And it's just this beautifully framed moment. You have the, the streaking of the bat cape that's kind of falling to his left. And... Catwoman has a knife in her hand and it's and she, the little attention to detail like in her pinky finger where she has that Catwoman very very well known very uh, very recognizable that that cat hook on the tip of her of her pinky finger it just has an authentic feel to it an iconic look I love it it's very poster like it just needs to be I always say this with this with the with the covers I love but it needs to be on coffee mugs and t-shirts and posters uh, I will buy it and it is just she is top-notch follow her on Instagram I'll give her a shout out too on on the podcast notes of course but Stephanie Hans for Batman 15 top-notch cover winner of the week for Batman 15 and so the breakdown here it is the breakdown I bought 22 comics this week and actually, eight of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's less than that 50%, and 50% is where I want to be. So I only discuss the greats, never just the goods. They have to have a 4.25 or better rating in my own personal Sunspots scale, Sunspots comic scale, out of five possible. So these are only the Great Ones that I will be discussing. New number ones, I'd like to just mention quickly that there were three new number ones this week, and two of them made it to the Great Ones list which is fantastic, and the two that made it are super duper good, so I can't wait to discuss them and tell you about them, and you should go get them, because of course, it's very cool and very nice to jump on when the new, new, number, new number ones are there, so you feel like you're, you're, you're joining the party right when the party begins, and, and so here we go, this is my great ones list of comic books for new comic book day, January 18th, I consider these comic books to be the greatest of the greats ones this week, and only the great ones get recommended and discussed, so here we go. Coming in at number eight is James Bond, Hammerhead, 
issue number four. And James Bond Hammerhead issue number four is written by, uh, his name is Andy Diggle is the writer, and the artist is Luca Casalinguida. I apologize if I got that not even close. And I gotta give props to colorist Chris Blythe. Gorgeous, gorgeous color work. But Chris is a top-notch color artist. It's just the blues here and the dark of the shadowing and the silhouetting effect that they use in this entire comic is beautiful. But this is super good stuff. It's it's very much novel-based. It, it has characters that you have been inter- introduced to in the James Bond novels. It feels authentic. It is an interesting little story here of this corporation conglomerate owner has been murdered. James Bond's called onto the scene to investigate. Uh, there, he's found out that the company that's that has murdered this this corporate conglomerate uh, fellow uh, is trying to sell warheads, nuclear warheads, on the black market, or do something with these warheads in the black market, without saying too much. And they've created some sort of delivery device, which is uh, very unique. And I have a feeling that's what is going to be the hammerhead. <laughs> is this delivery device of nuclear warheads. But there is a grieving daughter, of course, and James Bond has to do his his thing with grieving attractive women, of course, so you know what to expect there. But this is introducing and uh, a new character here that surprised me. I can't really tell you. It's a, it, It'll just spoil it if I tell you everything. This sort of unveils who the bad guy is in this. And I love that, that because we are, I think there's only one issue left. I think this is a five-issue run of this miniseries. And the last issue, the Bond car attacked Bond. It sort of self-destructed and attacked him and tried to murder him, his own car. <laughs> so he's without a lot of gadgets and doodads that we all love. He's kind of, uh, right now, the bare minimum the bare bones James Bond and he is held prisoner in this opening sequence he's about to be tortured and you think that he's gonna find a clever way out of this but he actually talks his way out of it and I love how he does it it's very interestingly done here it's he taps very much into his experience and who he knows and he sort of knows how to handle being tortured and it's interesting how he sort of gets out of it it's very unique and that he actually can kind of turn this enemy into a, into being on his side, into someone that's going to end up helping him in what he needs to do with the bad guy that's just recently been unveiled. So it's well-paced, it's exciting, it's action-adventure, it's done so well, such great eye work, and it's also that director's cut kind of comic where at the very end they give you some of the raw footage, some of the uncolored art uh, just after penciling. There is some of the inks laid down, but it's just neat to see the process they went through especially in the shading and coloring aspect but it's beautiful all the eye lines are gorgeous the way that the action is portrayed is top-notch so check out james bond hammerhead you will not be disappointed good stuff and coming in at number seven is uh from image comics this is curse words no issue number one and this is uh one of the two of the number ones that made it to the countdown so this was super good i even love the cover that I got which was done by Scotty Young (laughs) and it's of a wizard uh, using a spell um, on another wizard (laughs) by peeing on him yeah but he's peeing like a magical blue wizard lightning sort of thing (laughs) but Scotty Young doing his thing I love the cover this is written by Charles Soule who's doing Daredevil who I love his writing on Daredevil and this is art by Ryan Brown I guess they're even giving Ryan Brown some of the writing credit so him and Charles have come together for something rather interesting here, something kind of unique. This is a story of a wizard with a pet koala. So already you're like, yes, loving it. Why does he have a pet koala that can talk? And he's this crazy looking wizard. But sort of in the modern world right now, I would say it's like right in 2016. And he's having a conversation with kind of a Justin Bieber sort of pop singer. And this pop singer wishes to be turned into platinum. <laughs> and our wizard here is going to do this for him (laughs) and so it's already humorous it right off the bat you're like what is this this wizard's going to be granting this wish to this justin bieber like character to be turned into full platinum and what goes into that he says hey this is a complex spell this could go horribly wrong if you really want to be turned platinum and he's like yeah dog i want to be platinum i want to be the only singer platinum out there (laughs) and so he's kind of given this giving a wish to this this pop singer douche <laughs> and I just thought I just laughed out loud <laughs> and there are more uh, there 
or at least five laugh out loud moments in this so there's definitely comedy but it's also sort of that adult kind of messed up sort of feel where you don't really understand the motivation behind our wizard here and without spoiling everything he's on earth he's granting wishes they do a little bit of a flashback and but not much really kind of showing where he came from in an issue number one i'm sure uh they're considered putting a ton of who he is in this but i think it's going to be sprinkled in lightly as it goes along you're introduced into a bad guy slash good guy again his motivation is kind of gray his his moral compass is a little muddled you're not quite sure if it's pointing north <laughs> he, he sort of dabbles in whatever he wants to dabble in and he's here on earth to do what good or bad we don't really know yet but some things are hinted to it but i have to see where this goes it's very brightly colored a lot of oranges and of course this crazy blue that the wizard spends all times a all, all kinds of time in blasting things and freezing policemen in new york city just just turning them with his crazy blue power into like a statue <laughs> and then he has to like sort of have this awkward conversation with someone that finds the statue and He's kind of like, no, no, they're fine. Yeah, no, they're frozen, but no, they're good. And no, it's just a statue. He just sort of tries to horribly lie his way out of what he just, that he just froze these policemen. So <laughs> it's got a great comic timing and comic sensibility. So, and it's messed up. And I, I just want to kind of see where this is going. But great issue number one, jump on and grab curse words from Image Comics. It's just good stuff. And coming in at number six is from Marvel Comics, issue number four of four, Cage. And it's the written by, uh, drawn by, inked by, lettered by, Gendy Tartakovsky, the mastermind behind Samurai Jack and Powerpuff Girls. I love his stuff. And he has done a unique, just gorgeous, cartoony, artistic rendering of Cage here in that sort of black exploitation movie, uh, if you will, homage. And... It's gorgeous. This is just a drop-down, uh, fisticuffed action between Luke Cage and this bad guy who I've even forgot his name. <laughs> but he has this devious pencil-thin mustache and a strange, almost like monkey, orangutan-like, I don't know, spider-monkey feel to him. Yet he's this amazing martial artist and he's seriously wiry. And Luke Cage kind of underestimates him at first. And this just spends a good portion of maybe 12 of the 21 or 22 pages in just this these gigantic two-page splash action panels. That is a ton of fun. It's uh, It's got Cage doing his Cage thing, which is, you know, laying it down. And he's funky. He's for real. He's fresh. And he's just doing... <laughs> he's really captured... The, uh, the black exploitation feel of Cage here. It is almost just, it feels like it's something out of the 70s, and it's really not supposed to be, but that's just the likability that he's, he's giving Luke Cage here. And he's following all these anthropomorphic villains like a walrus man and shark people and alligator head villains. It's just hilarious. Great use of sound effects with the extremely large clangs and claws and pows. It just flows really well. It's super duper fun. I almost want to just buy this in collection to see if there's some director's cut stuff in there. I want more from Gendy and to hear sort of, sort of his process and his motivation. He's like on the bucket list for me of interviews. I would love to interview Gendy and talk to him and pick his brain. I've watched some of the interviews and documentaries and stuff on Gendy and he's an interesting fellow. And I would love to find out his, his creative process because this is all over the place. He does some great things with like Luke Cage's silver headband and the reflection of it. You have to pay a little, a little attention to that headband because he's reflecting some interesting little things. But man, what a great fight. What a great ending. What a great finish. He does get a little psychedelic in the last issue. He doesn't here. He just really lives in this hyper-violent, super action-packed cage versus bad guy. Whatever the bad guy's name is. He has like a million teeth in his mouth and that pencil, pencil-thin, just creepy mustache. And man, he lives in the world of purples and pinks and oranges. It's just an explosion of cartoony-style color. But get this. It is gorgeous and it's fun and you will not be disappointed. It's, uh, it's also just such unique paneling done here and with with the use of spacing there's even a moment where 
the bad guy is reaching out of his panel and punching Luke Cage in a different panel, which I've seen it before, but I love when they do that. It's just a little mind-bending and outside the box, literally outside the box. <laughs> so check out Cage. It's glorious. The art is fantastic. It's beautiful. So coming in at number five is Motor Girl from Terry Moore. And Motor Girl is just one of my favorite things in the world. It's uh, Terry Moore is a master class creator. He really is. It's from Abstract Studio, by the way. It's black and white. And Terry Moore does everything on this. Uh, the penciling, the, the inks, the finishes, the lettering, the, the all of it from beginning to end. And you feel that. You easily feel that because he's put the work in here. He's really developing some unique characters here. You have Samantha, who is this, who's running like a junkyard, and she has... Uh, PTSD and she also has she was tortured in like a in like a camp in an Iraqi camp for a long time she and and from that she's created this this gorilla character a her you know her partner that is there with her that she only she can see it's her imaginary friend so it's a little heartbreaking there but at the same time they have such great humorous dialogue written between them so there's complexity there and he does such a great job of of writing like realistic sensibility for female characters you know they're they're realistically drawn they're not over voluptuous or in any sort of way it's just sort of what you see in women every day and he's captured that so well i mean hats off to you terry moore but there's there's humor in this from the back and forth between uh, samantha and her imaginary gorilla friend and she's she's agreed to see a doctor she may she has these massive headaches to where she's really just it it incapacitates her, and she's agreed to see um, this doctor and maybe have an MRI done. But there's flashbacks of her recovering from being tortured in an Iraqi camp, and it's just heartbreaking. The, the facial work that Terry Moore does, it really, really grabs a true emotional feeling from you because he's looking at the, the characters are drawn to look at you sometimes and it just feels like it's it's reaching into your very soul and not a lot of artists can do that terry moore can but you get introduced to some sort of conspiracy that's building here there is libby the owner of the of the shop the of the um this messed up sort of garage and junkyard uh, has been is being pressured to sell the junkyard to this uh, sort of science group that has some sort of what seems like very devious plans and we were visited by by a whether we know it's real or not another imaginary friend by an alien in the last couple of issues which were kind of these cute little i see them as green but these are black and white comics but you don't really know if it's a real visit from an alien or if it's uh, just a figment of her imagination. Don't really know. Samantha's got some some issues. But you feel like this science group wants to buy the junkyard in maybe they in because they maybe they know about the UFO that's landed in the middle of nowhere here where where this junkyard is. And I love that the uh, that I feel like that Terry's kind of bringing a universe together, creating sort of a universe. I know what everyone does. But um, there's a little director cut little stuff in the back here you want to definitely read because it gives you a little hint into that. That maybe the world is a little more tied together in the Terry Moore universe. The Terry Moore-verse. But I love it. It's, a, it's Like I said, it's hilarious. It's heartbreaking. It's Samantha that's definitely, she's a tough chick. And she has this Im imaginary friend that's a gorilla. And PTSD and these headaches and flashback moments of her being in an Iraqi camp. But it's just well done character development here by terry moore and i hope this one i love that he writes a really kind of a three-act stories in all of his comics and i know that he loves to come to an end and just end things and i i love to see i can't wait to see where this is going and i will be in every single issue of this from beginning to the very end so thank you terry moore beautiful beautiful stuff from your abstract studios that's terry moore motor girl issue number three is the number five pick of the week and coming in at number four is from Marvel Comics, Black Widow, issue number 10. This is done by writers Chris Samney and Mark Wade, and artist Chris Samney. So nice when an artist is giving some pointers into the writing here, which again just really puts more love into it, and you have a feeling of that the artist is invested into this because he has some say in the writing, 
and that is what pays off. The art is gorgeous. They're doing the best in action, I would say, as far as an art from an art standpoint. It's gorgeous. The opening sequence of this sort of space pod, and our team is all here from, you have uh, Winter Soldier and Black Widow, and this telepath from this lion, from this t lion terrorist group that they sort of have within their, right now, sort of in the, on their team, but you don't trust this guy. He's a telepath. He was ultimately first trying to put Black Widow down, but they seem to be drinking his Kool-Aid right now. Is he using his telepathic powers for that? You're not quite sure. Maybe he has an ulterior motive, but she is ultimately trying to find these children that were subjected to the Red Room that she was born and raised into, and her the headmistress has been had killed herself in, uh, in keeping the telepath away from all of the secrets that she has. But Black Widow here teaming up with her sort of love interest. It definitely has that awkward, they're sort of attracted to each other. It's kind of there, but they have sort of a mission. Even Lion, this telepath, is picking up onto it, and he, he makes comments like, I don't have to be a telepath to see what's happening between you two guys, and makes a few awkward comments that are great and that are hilarious little laugh-out-loud moments. I love that little blend of sort of awkward romance, yet there is this guy that loves to make little yuck comments about them sort of hitting on each other, but they're heading to the moon. They're actually on their way to the moon to talk to Nick Fury? who is no longer Nick Fury, but he's known as The Scene, I think, is what he's known as, or The Unseen, his name is in here, but yeah, The Unseen, but man, has Nick Fury changed, I don't know what happened to him, I'm not looking too deep into Marvel continuity right now, I'm just taking it for what it is, but he's just walking on the moon in this crazy looking black and blue hood with chains on him and this sort of pink Greek writing or some of some sort, symbols that are on him. He looks very hack-and-slash-wizard, and I love the look of the Unseen-slash-Nick Fury. What happened to him? Who knows? But they are coming to him for advice because he apparently knows and sees kind of everything, and he's not given advice. He sees that there's a telepath there, and he goes on the warpath, and there's just this fight sequence, which is great between... That's why he doesn't last very long. Between uh, the Unseen and the, the lion telepath, terrorist lion telepath great sequence here just action-packed sort of two telepaths kind of going at each other great and what you sort of see in an artistic way what's going on in their brains and sort of a flashbacky sort of look that it's just this giant world of information that's there and they're sort of fighting telepathically but nothing's really happening they're just sort of standing there <laughs> but i love that sequence and i love where that goes from that sequence in the moon it's just action-packed definitely the action winner of the week here and there is some little bit of a heartbreaking flashback here showing Natasha's background and it's very interesting adds to the gravity and the weight of this story and that she really wants to find these children that had to go through the sort of same torturous training in the red room that she went through and that's ultimately what this is about at its core but at the same time it's sprinkled in with the two of them care for each other oh and there's like this moment which reminds me of the movie Abyss where they're out of oxygen on the moon only one of them has enough oxygen to go forward, and they're too far away from the ship for them both to make it with no oxygen, and what's going to happen there? Yeah, I mean, great little moment of where they have to decide who takes all the oxygen and makes a run for the ship, and they're on the moon without any O2. So, I love that sequence, a memorable action sequence, which reminds me of that movie Abyss. But, uh, love it. Absolute top-notch. Black Widow's been just consistently super duper good art by by uh samney has been out of this world and uh it's it's phenomenal that's why it's the number four pick of the week black widow number 10 get all 10 issues you will not be disappointed but here we go breaking down and breaking in to the top three comic books of the week so here we go coming in at number three is from archaea comics it is jim henson's the storyteller Giants, and this is Tale 2 of 4. And this is just something I will never forget. It's so memorable. It's this lovely fairy tale that I want to read to my grandchildren one day. <laughs> Followed by with and accompanied by some beautiful, just fairy tale-like art that's gorgeous. And this is the team of, uh, you have Brandon Dayton. I think Brandon Dayton is the artist Let's take a look and if the, my, my, here we go. 
Yeah, Brandon Dayton. And it is beautiful, I tell you. It's it's just it fits so well into this like Beauty and the Beast like storytelling. And uh yeah, Brandon Dayton does all of it on this. Yeah, he does he's the writing, the coloring, the lettering. All of it. And when someone takes the realm into, takes the helm here and, and does all three, four things, you know it's going to just be poured with love. And you can feel that here from Brandon Dayton to the even calligraphy style intro page, uh, which is just gorgeous. But he has the uh, sort of approval, the, the, the approval from the Henson family to go into Jim Henson's sort of undone untreated archive and get inspiration from some of these stories that that unfortunately Jim Henson passed before he was able to do anything with so this has this old man and his dog sitting in this lovely home next to a fire and the dog and him have these conversations and I love the back and forth between them they have a very uh, they're both kind of like for lack of a better term like smart smart Alex to each other just smart assing type uh, commentary between them and the dog is just never really believing these stories <laughs> he's the skeptic and the man is always trying to give him these stories with as much detail as he can and they usually it's it's weighted by some sort of some sort of thing some sort of uh, you know a thimble a needle uh, something tangible in the world here that will be used and infused into the story so I love that that that's that is something that's always foreshadowing, something that he physically has in his world, yet ties to this fantastical story. And this is the story of this this cobble, this uh, this sort of shoemaker, and he it's like a tailor uh, that is that is a, a, he feels he's going to pass. He's very old, and he gives his sort of dying wishes to his family, and he, he wants them to keep the business going. It's a very humble business, but he ultimately says to their daughter that he promised his daughter to marry one of the very wealthy lords of their town and the you know the daughter loves her father so much she will honor what her father tells her to do and even though the there is rumors of this 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 he's being sort of a tyrant that lives on top of the hill this rich lord but he wants uh, his daughter and family to sort of be successful and hopefully carry on the the tailor business that he's worked so hard he's worked his fingers to the bone to keep this business going and uh, you see that in the in the opening sequence here of the man talking to the dog that there is sort of this golden needle that is there and it's this in this beautiful pin cushion and you know that's going to be referenced in the story but ultimately it's this tale of while she's on her way to this top of this mountain to greet her new who, who she's betrothed to her new husband that she's been you know destined to marry there on her father's dying wishes uh, she is sort of greeted by these uh, fairy tale like creatures like a goose and a rabbit and they're they're all sort of trapped or they're hurt and she's sort of helping these animals on on her way to this castle and they help her by giving her sort of magic imbued clothing and you know that's going to be used uh, in the very near future here. She helps this beautiful stallion, this white stallion. She helps like this, like I said, this, uh, this goose and this rabbit. And they are all speaking to her and they all give her items that she, they hope that she keeps and that are magically imbued as thank yous to her. So she is this pure of heart sort of uh, young woman. And it just seems so, this should have been done into a, like an animated feature. It just has this Beauty and the Beast-like feel to it, and the Golden Goose-like story to it, and I just love what happens here, and it's ultimately called Giants, so yes, the, the, evil, the evil man on top of the hill, that's this, this rich lord, is a giant, and he's a horrible human being, a horrible sort of beast-like monster, very much like, like the Beauty and the Beast, like the beast-like character from that, the walking buffalo, or whatever he is, <laughs> but um, yes... She is uh, has been told not to go into a certain room. Yes, very Beauty and the Beast like, but it 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 takes a turn where you maybe you think it's going to be going down that path and feels very Beauty and the Beast, but then it makes this turn and you have to read this. It's just it's this beautiful fairy tale, like I said. It's a great little adventure tale. It's got magic. It's got mystery. It's got this woman that wants to abide by her father's dying wish and yet she also is a character of strength she just doesn't just sort of 
just sort of do everything and live in sort of and being unhappy she is uh, curious and she's going to try to set things right and that's where she I would say is, is different and stands apart from like you know most of the characters in these fairy tales is that she's kind of a woman of strength and curiosity and is going to stand on her own two feet she wants to do what's right by her father but make things right in this sort of strange fairy tale but uh, that's all I want to tell you because I really want you to read it and experience it and enjoy it but uh, it's something you can definitely read to younger children or just for anyone that's young at heart like myself will absolutely enjoy this this fairy tale which is Jim Henson's The Storytellers Giants and again it's issue number th two and they all stand alone they're just standalone little stories I hope they keep this going but I think it's gonna be four issues but uh, I've been loving all of the Jim Henson lines check out there's like witches and it's it's just been great. There's another one too. I forgot the name, but check all of Jimson's Jim Henson's Storyteller series. They're so well done, and they're being reprinted in hardbound. They're gorgeous. But anyway, that's the number three. So coming in at number two from Marvel Comics, it's Monsters Unleashed issue number one. This is the number two of the two new number ones that made it into the countdown, and this is a ton of fun. This is written by Colin Bunn, who is the writer of. The, the gorgeous horror tale story that I love that's Harrow County. And this is written by, drawn by Steve McNiven, who is a glorious writer. Does some great stuff here with monsters. Inks by Jay Liston. And you gotta just put your eyes on this. It has a very much like a summer action-packed sort of uh, summer series that Marvel kind of does. It's not summer, but... It's just a ton of monsters, and it's like everyone in the Marvel Universe. They are all here. And now when a lot of that happens, it can just be lost on you don't get enough of anyone. And this sort of doesn't do that. It keeps a very simple style of, of everyone in the Marvel Universe being introduced to these meteors that are crashing down on Earth, and there's just it's worldwide, and there's monsters everywhere. But at the same time, you're cut to this young boy that's drawing monsters on a page yes and so you can see where that's kind of going here so it has a very simple approach but steve mcniven does some beautiful artwork here action-packed just on a global scale you jump all over the place from boston to nevada to to california to just everywhere to seattle and you can you just feel this epic sense of this great action series and that's what this feels like and you have everyone in this from from Spider-Man and Vision and Falcon and it's just everyone's making appearances from sort of the the new Avengers of characters you know like um Kamala from uh, from Lady Thor from everyone you have Rocket and Groot the whole entire Guardians of the Galaxy is in this but there are giant monsters here destroying cities and all of the heroes are scrambling to do whatever they can to keep people safe and there's sort of leaders that stand out in this that tell other heroes to do this and do that. It's like they're a well-oiled machine. They're, they put aside all their differences and whatever's happened and all of the Civil War nonsense and all that stuff. Uh, Hercules is here with, with Lady Thor and the Falcon and they just team well. They, they get right down to business. Colin Bunn's doing a great job of writing uh, interesting little small pieces for everyone in the Marvel Universe here, which is a daunting task, and he does it well. Like the little moments of Spider-Man being in there, and it's just a, uh, it's just action-packed. It does not stop. And then there's a little moment of slowing down, where we're introduced into uh, a character that is, uh, I've seen her before. She is like a sort of monster hunter, and she's very much, she's like walking through this strange portal mirror. And she's on a very, like, archaeologist-style quest here. Indiana Jones sort of moment where she has books and she's looking at cave drawings and there's booby traps in the caves and it's just action-packed. And I love that little side sequence here. She's trying to find out where the origins of these monsters are coming from. And some of it is written on the wall, clearly written on the cave walls, that this was coming. And her name is Elsa Bloodstone. That's right. And she's like this monster hunter, but she has the ability to sort of pop in and out through portals and through mirrors. And she is hot on the trail of trying to get down to the bottom of maybe where these monsters are coming from. So they can she can figure it out and find a weakness and see what's happening here and try to put an end to all these monsters that are attacking the entire globe. But and then your flashback to this little kid. Uh, this, I think his name is Kai. And why is Kai riding these monsters? 
Uh, is he creating them out of his mind? Uh, or is he just... Has he seen the future? What What is his involvement here? But he draws some monsters and they appear. Um, so what does that mean? But this is also like a bonus. I want to say it's probably 40 pages and it was five bucks. So decent pricing there. Uh, I'm, I'm on board with it. But this was one that surprised me that I was probably just going to say, nah, and move on. The cover is gorgeous. Has everyone on it. It's a beautiful poster of from the Hulk to Lady Wolverine <laughs> and all of the characters in the Marvel Universe and Guardians of the Galaxy and Groot and everyone that is just fighting a ton of these monsters and it's just fun it's action-packed I'd love to see like an animated feature of this I think that's where they would find the sweet spot Marvel we're listening do an animated feature of this it would be great like two hours uh, of the entire team fighting just a bunch of monsters but uh, I'm loving it I, I'm on board. Jump on. Monsters Unleashed. It's good stuff. Colin Bunn is a great writer, and he's in He's in it for the long haul. He's that kind of writer that can, that can surprise you and really take his time. And like I said, what he did best was, was harness uh, and give you enough of each sort of character to keep it all interesting. None of it felt like throwaway characters. And, uh, I mean, come on. All your, your characters that you love in the Marvel Universe fighting a bunch of monsters, right? Doesn't get any better than that. Now... That all aside, the number one issue this week was a triple threat. I tell you, it was the cover art winner, it was the artist winner, and it's the number one pick of the week, and that is Batman issue number 15. This is written by Tom King. This is glorious cover by Stephanie Hans, Hans and art done by Mitch Gerads. And I'll just make another little point of the art. Again, it's that crossing of very modern very hyper realistic and super detailed like i said from grime on the on the rooftops to the beautiful ethereal look of the skies and stars and clouds to this changing of gears and drawing this 30s 40s style comic strip like the origins of batman is what it feels like here in this golden age homage uh and in a very comic strip style even like i said the inking and coloring uh, outside the lines and such give it a authentic feel and there's even an action sequence in here that feels very 70s. So it's like his art style sort of changing. It feels um, very much like some of the art that's in like the Watchmen. But the opening sequence here uh, for, for for Bruce Wayne and Kalina Kyle, Kalina, uh, Selena Kyle to be on a rooftop just having a lovemaking session. That's right. <laughs> Another one of those. Like uh, the animated feature that everyone wants to forget. But anyway, <laughs> they, uh, uh, he actually wasn't with Catwoman. But anyway, they express their love for each other here. And at first, uh, I maybe wanted to roll my eyes. But the the way that it's drawn, the the eye contact between them, the the this, the the tone of their look and the shadowing of this this moonlit night on a on a roof, I I sort of fell for it. It was like well done. I'm like okay, it wasn't cheesy and lame. And that to overcome that sort of initial where I was going, my expectation where I thought this would go, uh, I was happily surprised. And that's why another reason why this was definitely number one because it it does that more than once. But uh, I don't want to say the extent uh, the end of the exchange here and what kind of goes down and give you every detail, but. When Bat, uh, Catwoman attempts to flee, the action sequence here with the way Gotham is drawn, the blurring effect of the action when Batman just jumps off of the rooftop and is using his grappling hooks is out of this world beautiful. Every single panel here you want to just live in. You just want to stay there and enjoy it. And it gives this great sort of feeling of falling and from the zoom in moments to the zoom out to give it the the feel of how far he is off the ground it's so beautiful easily art winner mitch gerard's gorgeous but yes um catwoman kind of escapes he's got to call alfred for some help uh, they're tracking her they have a way to sort of track her i think but man the sunrise in gotham and batman just flying through you know grappling hook from building to building is just amazing <laughs> it's it's uh, each and every panel is just like wow uh, he's really done some beautiful color work here and then batman is uh doing his batman thing he's uh sneaking up on commissioner gordon 
And Commissioner Gordon has this great sequence where he's like talking to himself, trying to pump himself up, you know, telling him that he smokes too much and uh, giving himself like a little pep talk in the mirror is hilarious. <laughs> and I laughed more than once in this little sequence. And then Batman's standing right behind him. <laughs> and yeah, just it startles him. And he's he has a lead. There's a, something that uh, Catwoman mentioned in their conversation uh, post love making session on the roof. And so he's hot on this one particular lead to find Catwoman. He has to turn her into prison uh, the, that same day. He's got hours to do it. And yeah, he uh, he got personal and some things uh, took him on a little sidetrack in here. But he follows this hot lead, which I don't want to give you every single bit of this. But this hot lead pans out and surprises Batman. And even surprises me as to what this person does to him. And it puts him into peril. And you're like, wow. And as he's uh, falling, you figure he's falling to his death. Uh, Catwoman was not that far away and she sort of helps him out. But how she does it is so cool looking and visually stunning. And I don't even want to describe it, but it's just beautiful. And there's a panel of their embrace. It's just, like I said, falling through the air. And then there's a flashback sequence of this person that Selena Kyle has mentioned in this hot lead and that may have something to do with Selena Kyle being falsely accused of killing like 237 people and this potential lead slash person they've introduced here may have something to do with that or know something about it so that's where this definitely this new arc is going to go but I'm continually surprised at how good Batman is how great it is it is continually being a top pick. It's continually like almost week after week because it seems like this comes out every three days with this weekly release. <laughs> Definitely. But they're all consistently good. There hasn't been a lot of or any at all throwaway issues where you're like, eh, that was kind of a stinker. But Batman has been top notch. And that is uh, even the detective series. But I think Batman itself has been the best of the three Batmans that I'm reading that right now. Uh, which is the Detective Batman and also All-Star Batman. But I would I would definitely put this uh, as the top of the three, at least right now, because they're all very good. I'd say All-Star hasn't been top pick lately, but Detective and Batman have been. But, man, where this ends is a surprise. Uh, I didn't see this coming, and it's it's kind of a poetic ending, which you have to sort of to understand the very ending. You have to understand that conversation they had at the beginning, which is neat. I like that it ties into their conversation, but so well written, so well drawn, A plus top notch, Batman number 15. So top notch, you got to get all of these, but especially get Batman. It's just so good and the art is glorious. So there you go. Those are my comic book recommendations for this week for Wednesday, new comic book day, January 18th. Please walk yourself into a local comic book shop and buy these immediately. You will not be disappointed. Tell them I sent you. Say Chris at Sunspots Comics sent me in here to buy these comics and they'll look at you weird but so what <laughs> so if you have any questions you have some comments anything that you have that's floating around in your nerd brain send me an email directly to chris at sunspotscomics.com if i choose your email and i discuss it on a future podcast i will send you a thank you comic book prize from me personally please sign up for our email newsletter at sunspotscomics.com slash contact and tune in next week for issue number 91 where I will be pulling a respectable list of 20 comic books and five new number ones are coming out for New Comic Book Day Wednesday, January 25th. So potentially me reading 25 and telling you about all the great ones so you can go buy the great stuff. But next week, some of the things that I'm looking forward to that are coming out are the ending of uh, Scott Snyder's AD After Death. It's three of three. Aliens Defiance is coming out next week, which has been fantastic. I hope they make an Aliens Defiance movie. Uh, Bloodshot USA has been a little while, but it's back. Uh, Daredevil, issue 16, always a top contender for top pick of the week. Um, Frostbite, number 5 of 6, that's kind of kind of quickly reaching its almost end. Harrow County, number 20 next week. I love Harrow County so much. Just a few. Saga, 42. Reborn, number 4. Uh, just great stuff. Check out my sunspotscomics.com site for, of course, all of the stuff that I'm collecting on my giant 133 um, issue pull list but there you go that's just some of the awesome stuff that's coming out next issue 91 of the podcast so please listen in because it's gonna be good i'm telling you and thank you so much for listening i really mean it thank you from the bottom of my heart if you enjoyed this podcast and you just want to do a little something to help just go and subscribe to us on itunes and hit me up with a positive review and five stars i'll personally thank you on a future podcast 
right here. I'll be saying your name. But thank you so much again for listening in. And of course, be water, my friend. Be like water. And of course, be careful out there. It's a deluge of biblical proportions. Drive safe if you live in the Golden State of California. But there you go. Take care. See you next week. Bye-bye. Comics now.